the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Black and Rider on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside my wonderful guest co-host of the week, David the Man Brooks. David, yes. welcome to Black and Rider. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, John. Well, Happy ta- to be here. I'm, you know what? I'm excited for you to be here. Ta- why don't you talk to the people? Tell the people who you are. Um, I think you're an awesome guy. I think um, <laughs> I saw that. George Hofdaddy's on the boards. <laughs> um, tell people who you are. Well, um, born in Ohio, uh, came to the Chicago metropolitan us the area in uh, 1992. Just recently retired from my um, sales position of 33 years. Wow! Um, so you know how to talk. I do know how to talk a little bit, although Just a little bit, not quite in a setting like this. But we'll work on that. Um, I, um, at the end of my tenure with Lilly, uh-huh. uh, I was named to be the, uh, I was named to be the, uh, Rich Township Committeeman. Oh. And unfortunately at that time, my mom began to decline in her health uh-huh. and I had to step down in March of 18. Okay. So I've been retired for two years now. So you got some political Very, blood in you there. I have a little political blood in me, but you know, God has a way of just working things and that's not the way that I was supposed to serve. Yeah. So. Well, you know what? I'm excited to have you on the show. I think today's show is going to be a, a, a very good show. I'm really excited to talk to Shalom Klein. Uh, this guy um, has been a good friend of mine even since when I was in the General Assembly. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, what's that general in Iran's name again? Suleimani. <laughs> Suleimani. I told you I let you um, say his name every no time it's time to say his name. But we're going to be talking um, about the, you know, the airstrike in Baghdad that killed him. Uh, we're also going to be talking about, um, later, later on the show, uh, the rise in uh, anti-Semitism. Um, I believe in New York, they're, they're like at their 13th uh, crime committed against yeah. Jews um, since December 13th or something like that. Um, that's got to stop. That's, I mean, it, it, it has to stop. So we're going we're gonna to be talking about that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about former governor, Blago, um, and his impeachment letter that he wrote uh, about Trump and how <laughs> he believed the Democrats would have impeached Abraham Lincoln back Correct. there. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He's not altogether wrong. He's not altogether wrong. Uh, we're also going to be talking to former state representative Eddie, Eddie Sullivan. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this one because, you know, you've seen all this dust up about, you know, the marijuana, uh, $5.2 million in mm. two days. Did you read those 77, numbers? 77,000. Uh, but that was on one day. Yes. So to, and yes, a, a two-day total of $5.2 million that, they, that the state took in. Incredible. 
that's a lot of cash, a lot of cash. But you know, I've been gone for the whole for the last month. Uh, I've been in Maine. I've been in the mountains of Tennessee. I've been in the mountains of Arizona. December is usually the month that I go and regroup. You know, um, get away and uh, get my mind back right, get my mind together. Um, it's it was it was a great time to get away. Um, I enjoyed everything. Um, my wife actually let me get away too. I was shocked at that for three weeks. I was gone, and um, but it's been it's 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 really been uh, a time to just of refreshing. You know, sometimes you need those times to just get away and just just refresh. That was one one of those things. So when I came back, though, David, David you you like barbecue? Love barbecue. I saw this. I ate at this place. It's in Plainfield, Illinois. My wife and I we went there. It's called the Station One Smokehouse. Station Station One, One Smokehouse. So they had this barbecue. Wait, 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 wait. Are you a collard green type of guy? Always. Dude, let me tell you. I'm not a big collard green. My grandmother, my grandmother and my wife's collard greens are the only ones I've really ever eaten. They had some of the best collard greens I've ever eaten in my life. They mac and cheese. And then they had this pickle dish. They had this pickle dish. Oh, it was to die for. And it's called the uh, Station One Smokehouse. I told them that I would, I would, when I get back, got back to the, radio, the studio, I would give them a shout out because it was some of the best. My stepfather used to be used to um, own a barbecue joint on 87th and Peoria. I think it was called Juniors or something like that when I was a kid. I told him I'd give him a shout out because it was some of the best barbecue I've had. I wrote it down. So Station One Smokehouse. Station One Smokehouse. Check it out in Plainfield, Illinois. Gotcha. Guys, you guys were awesome. So, David, what else is new with you? What's 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 the new year? What's what's going to happen to in this new year, you think? Well, I you know what? I am tremendously optimistic. I get a little tired of uh, the left always saying that conservatives are grumpy and mean and evil. I am tremendously optimistic. Uh, and I think that a lot of people that I talk to are optimistic as well. 2020 is going to be a huge year. Of course, the election coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, I think this whole um, impeachment fiasco is going to wash out pretty quickly, but I am just tremendously optimistic on what's going to happen with the Trump presidency and also, hopefully, what will happen to restore the rule of law yeah. in this country. Now, now, you're, you're, you're black, right? Yeah. You, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you ish, too, like me? Are you blackish? you know, mixed with some other things? Ish. Okay, you, I'm, we're both blackish, so. Yes. All since I was gone, the whole month, all I kept seeing was Trump supporters are ignorant, Trump supporters are racist. Right. Now, as a black supporter of, of President Trump, uh, how does that make you feel? You know, it's like you're talking about all these races. Well, well, I'm black, so am I, am I among the racists, among the people who support Donald Trump? And then when you, when you say that, hmm. oh, you're just stupid, you're dumb, you're ignorant, you're foolish. How am I foolish because I'm supporting President Trump? Yeah. You know what? There was a time when that shook me up when I first quote-unquote, crossed over. I mean, I voted for Perot in 92. And I knew back then that there was something not quite right with the Republican and Democrat establishment. You got the libertarian lane. I got a a small L libertarian lane, yeah. (laughs) So my skin has gotten quite thick over the years, and it just doesn't bother me like it used to. As a matter of fact, I kind of welcome it. Yeah. Because we have have some work to do uh, to um, to get our people to see that there is nothing wrong with the Republican Party. There is nothing wrong with being conservative. As a matter of fact, I think most of us are probably more conservative than we actually realize. Yeah, but when you look at what, you look at what happens in Hollywood, you look at what happens in, in people in business, when they come out of the closet, per se, to say that they're Republican, conservative, you see the backlash mm. that they receive. 
And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people don't want to come out. Big time. What was, when did you come out? <laughs> and, and, and what year was it when you came out as, as saying, hey, I'm a proud Republican or a proud conservative, whatever you label yourself as? Well, I came to Chicago first in 1991, the summer of 91. It was a temporary sales position. I came up here for three months. And when you're in your car riding around, you want to listen to the radio. So I started listening to this guy named Rush Limbaugh. Uh-oh. You're a Rush baby. Right. So um, kind of offended by some of the things he said at first. But, you know, you get home, you check things out, and the guy was right. Yeah. I mean, he kept being right. So, again, my coming out was mm-hmm. kind of a slow motion one. I couldn't quite pull the trigger for the Republican Party in 92 so I voted for Perot. Was it because they were racist? Did you no, feel that? No. Was, did it have anything to do with race at all? It had nothing to do with race. You know, once you get out, you start working, you start seeing your taxes being taken out. You have a different perspective. I mean, you grow up. I grew up blue collar. Mm-hmm. Everybody in my family is blue collar. Mm-hmm. Hated Reagan. I only hated Reagan because everybody else who was influential in my life hated Reagan. I didn't know that once you start to get out, once you start to work, your eyes become open and things began to change a little bit. And I was just unhappy with what the Democrat Party was doing. Very unhappy with um, some of the things that just never seemed to get fixed. But every four years, we're talking about the same things. So. Yeah, this is for another show. But I, one of the things I want to do is, is, is actually bring in a lot of black conservatives, black, anybody that's center-right, to have, this, to have this in-depth discussion about what it means to be a black conservative because sometimes it can it can feel like you're on an island all by yourself, mm. um, especially when when especially when in in this age of social media, especially Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, I think, is the worst when it comes to the just how people just dis, dis, destroy each other sure. on Twitter, especially if you're a black Republican or anybody that's you know lean center right. You know, what, what do you think about that? No, I I totally agree with you. As a matter of fact, the little running joke that I have, <clears throat> you know, right after uh, Barack Obama got e- elected, I had a dinner meeting downtown. And I invited every black person in the Chicago metropolitan oh. area that did not vote for Barack Obama. Oh, it was a reservation for six. So that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> so only one came up. One, one showed up. Well, yeah, right. But <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. Um, we we have a lot of work to do, and I think we're going to get it done. I mean, I'm very encouraged by some of the polls that we're beginning to see with the approval rating of, uh, that President Trump has within the black community. Very, very encouraged. And, and, and if you notice, that's when a lot of the, the push for the Trump's racist really came out when that poll came out. That yes. showed that he was like 35% yes. uh, increase. Yes, in, Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think, I think that's going to be something. But, you know, hey, listen up. Coming up next, we'll be talking with Shalom Klein. I can't wait for you to hear from this guy uh, about uh, the attack in, in, in Baghdad and also... Uh, the rise of anti-Semitism. Uh, David Brooks, John Anthony, you listen to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Black and Right with John Anthony. I'm your host. Charles Love is out today. We have a guest co-host for this week, David Brooks. David, thanks so much for uh, joining us. I thought that was a good discussion. I think uh, I really want to do that show 
uh, to, to actually have a real conversation about what it means to be uh, a black conservative, black Republican in I America today. I think that's today. an excellent idea, and yeah. uh, I think you would be surprised at yeah. some of the things that you're starting to hear. You're going to hear over the next year yeah. or so. Yeah. Especially, especially being a black Republican, because I think you can be a black conservative, but when you put that R, I think that R becomes a scarlet letter in front of you, and you get more pushback and hatred because of that. You do. You know, speaking of that, our next, go, our next guest, um, according to his Facebook account, I took this from, from his official Facebook right. profile. <laughs> He'll laugh at that. Uh, he's an uh, avid networker, entrepreneur, and media guy. He's big into community, economic development, and jobs. He's a chairman, director of Jewish B2B Networking, and he's the principal and senior consultant at Get Down to Business. And he's also a show, a guest host, a host, rather, on, right here on AM560 with the show called Get Down to Business, which airs right here on AM560. My good friend, Shalom Klein. Welcome to Black and Right, Shalom. Hey, it's great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Hey, look, I mean, there's been so much news. You know, when we first talked, we were going to talk about just one thing, the, the rise of anti-Semitism um, that's happening across, not just uh, in New York, but it's happening almost everywhere. Um, there's, there's something that's happening that's, uh, that's, that's anti-Semitic almost every day, it looks like. And we had to switch, and switch that up and change that after the attack on, what's his name? Suleimani. Suleimani. <laughs> so, okay, now, how does this attack, because um, when I first heard of the attack, my mind re- immediately raced to Israel. How will this attack affect, or or what will be the ramifications for Israel with this attack? Well, well, you know, uh, John and uh, David, it's the truth is the two issues um, which uh, are both important are actually very tied in together. Um, indeed, you're right that uh, actually, as a Jewish community, we just finished the uh, eight day celebration of Hanukkah, and there was not a single day that passed during Hanukkah that there wasn't an anti-Semitic attack or incident. Um, And again, eight-day holiday, more than eight attacks across the Jewish community around the country, and scary, scary times. But we'll we'll get back to that. The the Soleimani um, uh, killing um, in Iraq has a great deal of impact for, uh, for Jews, for the United States, and indeed, as you just mentioned, Israel, for sure. Um, Iran has committed to retaliate um, uh, the attack, the, 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 the killing of their top general. By, uh, by we, we don't really know exactly what they have in mind, but Israel obviously being an ally of the United States, and Israel, frankly, being the arch enemy of Iran, is no doubt going to be um, on high alert, uh, preparing for a potential uh retaliation of some kind. What I what I have heard from friends, colleagues, um, both in Israel, as well as, frankly, uh, Jewish organizations around the world, um, whether they run a, a, a building, a center, or something like that, is everybody's heightening their level of security, their, their preparation for, um, for what might be another terrorist attack of some kind. And so everybody, um, Jewish community and beyond, needs to be on heightened alert. I'm, I'm an officer in the United States Army Reserve, yes. and I can tell you that there's, there's efforts underway to, to prepare for, for the worst. Wow. Uh, Shalom, this is David. Um, a quick question for you. 
why why now the anti-Semitic attacks that happened during Hanukkah, eight straight days? And I read a lot of nasty stuff coming out of New York. Why why now? Has this happened in the past? I don't seem to remember. I don't seem to remember that. Um, why has why this happened at this particular point in time? That's a good question, David. Um, the attacks don't fit any one narrative. Um, the perpetrators of, of all the attacks um, come from different backgrounds and have expressed different politics, so you can't really point to, to politics as being really the answer. What each of these individuals shared is their hatred of Jews. I think what what the, I, I'm always a, a next step type guy, yeah. and when I when I see these incidents, I'm trying to think of how do we how do we improve the situation? How do we make sure that things like this don't happen again? Yes, we need we need to heighten security for sure, and I know those steps are are being taken. But what we need to do as human beings, regardless of what religion we belong to, is we need to improve our education. Yeah. Um, we need to make sure that that kids, young adults, and frankly, friends, colleagues, uh, people that we work with, that everybody starts to become perhaps a little bit more tolerant, that people uh, start to understand that not everybody's going to look like them. In fact, the most of the attacks on the Jewish community have been against Orthodox Jews, people mm-hmm. that are very visibly Jewish. And um, but when when anybody is attacked it's a it's an attack on on everybody um that's that's the way i see it we're all under attack and so the message i think is we need to stand with brothers and sisters stand with all denominations all affiliations all religions and and send out a message of hey much like we said after the holocaust never again the time is indeed never again we need to look out for each other we need to, you know, in, in New York, they say, uh, I think the NYPD has, DC some, something, say something. We need to do a lot more of that, and we need to do a better job with education and tolerance. Speaking of New York, Shalom, are you satisfied with the response from NYPD? Um, I, I, I think they're doing their best. Um, I think the challenge is that, again, there's no one... Uh, there's no one profile um, in that that uh, that these attacks are coming from. Um, it's happening all over New York City. It's happening all over, I mean, primarily the tri-state area, uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, where there are large Jewish communities. Um, so I think that the NYPD has stepped up um, big time. Uh, I, in advance of this conversation, I spoke with uh, with with friends that run organizations out there. And they are definitely seeing um, a heightened level of response. Um, that said, there's always more that can be done. I was very, very encouraged to see, I think it was yesterday, um, a bipartisan effort um, from uh, elected officials in Congress. Again, talking about you know Schumer as, as, on, on the Democratic side, but then then also a lot of Republicans coming together to increase funding. Um, for uh, support, uh, you know, actual protection for organizations, whether that be uh, guards or whether that means actually uh, like security cameras and things like that around buildings. We need to be creative. I, I don't think that there's any one-size-fits-all in terms of the response from whether it's NYPD or whatever locale that an attack happens. 
Um, the fact is they are responding, they are present, and now we need to come up with creative solutions as if, a community. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Shalom Klein of guess, the whole stuff, Get Down the Business, which airs Sunday right here at 6 p.m. on AM 560 The Answer. Now, the, the political aspect of this, Shalom, um, I'm, I'm watching... You know, reading CNN, MSNBC, that's probably my first mistake. Yep. But <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to the other side of the aisle talk about how reckless the actions the president were. Do you believe that the president's actions were reckless? And if so, why? No. No, I do not think that the actions were reckless. I think that this is something that, um, that, that I think has been looked at by multiple administrations. Um, Soleimani has been a, an actor. I think many people have said that he was not just a military leader, but he was likely the next president of Iran. So I, I think he's been on uh, every administration's watch list. Um, he wasn't just a military leader. He's a terrorist responsible for many, many, many Americans' lives. And um, so it was not it was not reckless by any means. I think that the that the there was an opportunity yeah. Um, the guy was was uh, weak on, I guess, his security, his travels around the region, and we 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 took action. What I will say that I think that we, uh, I, I wouldn't say reckless, but but I would say we we need to do a better job of, um, and it's not just with this specific situation, is we need to uh, reach out to our allies more. Okay. And while a lot of things that have uh, that that President Trump has done over the past uh, three years in office have been some really good moves. Yeah. Um, and I could point to a couple of them, things like moving the, uh, you talked about Israel, moving the embassy from hey, Tel Aviv hey, 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 Shalom. to Jerusalem. Hey, Shalom, you, yeah. you, you're going to join us for one more segment, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Hey, uh, you listen to Shalom. Uh, we'll be right back on Black and Right on AM 560. The answer. Now, more of Black and Right on AM560. Here are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Hey, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am John Anthony. Joining me today is David Brooks. If you're just joining us, we were talking with Shalom Klein uh, about what happened with the General... Say the name? Suleimani. Suleimani, uh, who was taken out in Baghdad by President Trump. <coughs> Um, Shalom, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I, I think you give such a very interesting perspective of what's re- what's actually happening uh, in Israel. Um, I, I listened to Trump's press conference, and I think I understand. And, and, and you tell me, I, I'm, I'm going to play the clip, and you tell me how does the way Trump says says what he says and how he says it, how does it affect what happens over there in the Middle East and in Israel? Here's a clip. Under my leadership, we have destroyed the ISIS territorial caliphate. And recently, American Special Operations Forces killed the terrorist leader known as al-Baghdadi. The world is a safer place without these monsters. Shalom? Without I'm these monsters? Uh, does that go well over there in the Middle East? You know, um, like we were saying before the break, it's we don't know exactly what... The, what their response is. I think um, Prime Minister Netanyahu said it right. Um, you know, Israel has always had to sort of defend its right to self-defense, and he said that the United States has it exactly the same as exactly the same rights. Um, that bottom line, we can't accept somebody killing our people and planning terrorist attacks against us and take it on the chin. 
Um, I, I think that I think what we're saying is that 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 it was not a reckless decision. Yeah. Um, I think that what what President Trump did that other leaders have not done um, is he took the strike, um, and likely others probably held back because they were scared of what their their retaliation might right. look like. What I think we cannot forget about is we need to we need to work with our allies, um, and I think that that's sometimes the challenge that that this administration has had is not go in, in sort of going at it sometimes alone yeah. um we we risk the we risk the possibility of of segmenting ourselves and and you know fighting fighting battles on our own which never ends well and i think that we need to make sure we communicate and develop allies and partners and that is something that i think might be weakening right now Shalom, speaking of allies, uh, it's strangely quiet on the EU front. Um, can you shed a little bit of light on that? It seems like, it feels like this is our response and this is our responsibility, but everybody uses oil. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's going on within the EU? Why are they so quiet? Well, I, I think this came out of the blue, and the surprise is definitely a good thing. Um, but I, I agree that I think oil has a lot to do with it. I think you also have to realize that uh, it wasn't just General Soleimani that was that was killed in this attack. There was also an Iraqi leader um, that was very closely allied with Iran that was also killed in the attack. Um, and I think that a lot of countries um, that rely, that have, have various uh, relationships across the Middle East are now confused and wondering, okay, what does this mean? Are we going to end up in a massive conflict? Um, and, and nobody really knows the answer to that because everybody's waiting to see how does Iran react? And we don't know the answer to that, but potentially uh, I think the, the Iraqi, uh, the, the U.S. Embassy in, in Iraq basically just put out an alert telling Americans get out of Iraq. And that includes, by the way, BP. Right. BP has a massive operation um, in, in Iraq. So I think that you're, you're absolutely right for, uh, for tying the, the, the O word in all this, the oil word, <laughs> because I think that that's why a lot of these EU countries and a lot of, a lot of people are sort of hesitant. Hey, this is probably a good thing. But what impact does it have? Yeah, and I guess that's we're going to find out. Yeah, you know, Shalom, I'm I'm sorry, I'm, I may be uh, not politically correct with this one, but I I am sure some, there are some world leaders out there. I know there are a lot of Americans who are finally happy to see a leader make a decisive decision and not worry and not be concerned or worried about the backlash. It's it's high time that we had somebody in in, in Washington who's willing to make the tough decisions and not create these all fake, false, red lines that we've had to deal with in the, for the past eight years. The, the treatment of Israel, the treatment of Benjamin Netanyahu over the last eight years was, was just horrible. And now you have a president who loves the state of Israel, who, who will bend over, who, who, who helps the, the state of Israel in ways that I don't think any other president has ever done since I've been following and being a, a, a true supporter of Israel. What do you say about that? Oh, you know, uh, I, I agree um, that I think that President Trump is is taking a lot of uh, tough decisions uh, that I think you know leaders on both on both sides have have uh, have been hesitant to to take, and 
that's not a good thing. Um, yeah. You know, it's not it's not good to be politically correct. That said, uh, again, my personal opinion is that we need to yeah not just take the the easy. The, I, I don't want to hear the easy, music, but not just take the, the the quick step without without realizing the the partnerships yeah. and the consequences that it has for the future. Shalom, five seconds. Where can people follow you? Uh, ShalomFine.com. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best, man. I really appreciate it. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. John Anthony and David Brooks. See you right. We now return to Black and Right on AM560. Here are Charles Love and John Anthony. David, do you dance? Are you a dancer? Uh, I used to. You don't cut a rug? Well... You know when they started breakdancing and spinning on the floor? When they started sp- breakdancing and spinning on the floor, I, that's when I stopped dancing. Oh, dude, that's so. the best part of dance. I know, right? Dude, I, I really thought, again, that Shalom Klein, man, he is, I, I got to get on his show. Um, I, he, he told me that um, since you invited me on your show, I got, you have to come on my show. Oh, nice. So uh, he's, been a great, he's been a great friend uh, ever since I met him. Uh, a great guy, good guy. Um, I'm just I'm just happy that he was able to come on here and give us that perspective. Hey, but John, you know what, David? John, do you, do you think Suleimani was using Uber or Lyft? Oh, he got lifted right to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was using Lyft and got lifted right to hell with that with that strike. But no, to to, to you, to our listeners, what are your thoughts on President Trump taking out General Sule- General Suleimani? Oh, come on, you got to be on it, man. Yes, of Iran. Yes, sir. Was it reckless? Give us a call with your comment and response. Three one two. Six four two five six zero zero three one two six four two five six zero zero. Give us a call. So, I don't know if you've been paying attention to. Now, I, I I really wanted this show to be a lot of show about the impeachment. You know everything that was going on with the impeachment. But you know with the news of um, General Suleimani being taken out, uh, we had to change it up. But I did see something that I thought was really interesting. The former governor of the state of Illinois, Rob Bogoyevich, wrote a letter. Um, Basically talking about how the House Democrats would have impeached Lincoln. Did you read the letter? I did read it. What were your thoughts on it? Um, you know, a lot of what he said was pretty spot on. Yeah. Interesting about the, the timing of the whole thing. But um, I think he's right. I mean, they're practically trying to impeach President Trump on nothing. Right. And Blago brought out some pretty interesting points about some of the things that uh, Lincoln did. So, so one of the points that he made, he said, today's Democrats would have impeached Lincoln for obstruction of Congress and abuse of power when he unilaterally issued his emancipation, emancipation proclamation. Uh, he's right. He, he, he's completely correct. He said Lincoln didn't ask Congress for permission when he declared an end to nearly 250 years of slavery and offer freedom to millions of slaves in the American South. He neither consulted Congress nor sought his consent before he acted. I feel like, in some regards, Nancy Pelosi is acting as if she is the commander-in-chief, that she is the president. And I have a prediction. Okay, I, nice. really have, I, I really believe all of this. I think they're going to try to get Mike Pence. I think I would not be surprised Pence. if all of this is so that Nancy Pelosi can become the next president of the United States of America by coup d'etat through this fake, false, sham farce of an impeachment. What are your thoughts? Um, a, they got a long way to go to get to uh, v- Vice President Pence. Yeah, but, um, but she is making the, a serious power play. They brought the conversation up. She, they said that there's some things about Pence and conversations that they want to hear some of the conversations he's had with world leaders 
So, I mean, there it is. There it is. Now, that is some foreshadowing, and, well, and I, I, I agree with you 100%. She yeah. could be trying to make that play. Yeah. However, we're stuck right now, and I think she's quite happy with where she is right now because the impeachment thing is still hanging out there. Yeah. It, it, but, it is. But she out. doesn't have to, and she's trying not to even take it to the Senate because I'm not so sure that they want a full-blown trial. But she's acting like she has control of the Senate. Well, she's how, trying. How dare the House has sole power of impeachment. So, they do not have sole power to try the president in the Senate. But that's what she's acting like. Correct. Could somebody please put, please tell her the gavel that you're holding is for the House. It's not for the Senate. I hope when we come back from break, I, I do hope the Republicans will bring that up because she is in the House of Representatives. They had their opportunity to do. They had their opportunity to bring the charges against President Trump, and they failed. And, and they then, failed. And then to hear uh, Chuck Schumer talking about um, we need a fair. Did you pay mm. attention to anything that was happening in the House? Did you pay attention to anything, how the Republicans were being shut down Shift from asking questions? Yeah. Yes. I mean, not knowing who the whistleblower, that's what started this whole thing. I still think, I make a prediction, that there's a certain person who showed up in his uniform was the original person who released the uh, information to the whistleblower. Think about it. He's a lieutenant. Think about that. Who do you think I'm talking about? Um, a lieutenant. When you, li- when, you listen to what, Help me. when you listen to Jim Jordan's line of questioning, right. when he was questioning Lieutenant Vin- Vinman, Vinman about um, the whistleblower, when he basically said, did you tell anybody? Immediately, Adam Schiff intervened he and was like, there. hey, hold on. Well, if Adam Schiff didn't know who the whistleblower was, why is Adam Schiff talking? He knows. Why is he interrupting? He did not want Vinman to spill the beans. That's the reason why he stepped in. See, Adam I, Schiff knows. I've been gone for a month, so I'm I'm a little excited about all of this that's happening because I didn't get I didn't get to say my 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 piece as to as to what was happening with the impeachment farce. I think it's a sham. I think it's a farce. I think I think this is going to be the millstone that hangs around the Democrats' neck in 2020. Your thoughts on that? No, I agree 100 percent. And I just don't think that they really want to have a full blown trial in the Senate because there are so many other witnesses that the Republicans want to call that the Democrats do not want to see sitting on that stand and being open for cross-examination. And, and the whistleblower is one of them. Absolutely. And, and, and to see and to, to hear them say that the president of the United States, the commander in chief, ha- did not have the right to, fi- to find out if there was corrupt, corrupted, and corruption, corruption that happened over in Ukraine. He has the right to do that. And then let's go back, though. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, let let them know that after the election, I'll have fl- more flexibility. Oh, I remember that. And then, that hot and then Ukraine gets attacked by Russia. Mm. What was the flexibility? Did anybody talk about what that flexibility was? That was buried. Of course, when the one makes comments like that, that's that's uh, there's nothing to see here, folks. Well, it's, it's always nothing to see here, folks, when it comes to the other side. And I don't, I don't even like to make it about a Democrat issue because I don't think it's about Democrat Republican issues. I think it's an ideology issue. I think these regressive progressives are ruining not only the state of Illinois, but they're also ruining our country. And we are in a fight, the fight for the very soul of this state and the fight for the very soul of our country. You listen to the Black and White on AM560, the answer. We'll be right back after the break. This is Black and Right on AM560 with Charles Love and John Anthony. Well, welcome back. You've dialed up black and right on 
AM560 The Answer. I'm John Anthony. I'm with my guest co-host, David Brooks. We would love to hear your comments and questions. Give us a call, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. Was President Trump reckless in his actions in the strike um, on General Suleimani in, in Baghdad? Give us a call, 312-642-5600. Um, you know, I just get fed up. I'm, I'm, I'm so fed up. I'm so fed up with people who are telling me that I can't have an opinion. I can't have. I can't. I can't support this president um, without you know being something wrong with me mentally. Uh, I mean, you. I'm sure you've seen some of the comments and arguments that I have on my Facebook page. Oh yeah. And you know, speaking of that, you can follow me at J Anthony Speaks on Facebook. J Anthony Speaks on Twitter. Where can they follow you, David? Well, I'm not uh, a Twitter person. You know, I. I value the fact that I can probably have some unspoken thoughts. I, I kind of value that. So just on. <laughs> oh, Daddy loves that. So just uh, just Facebook. Oh, okay. Books, yeah. But but what are your thoughts about that? I mean, we can't. They can they can support whoever, whatever they want. But when it comes to, I like to think reasonable, sensible people supporting this president, and th- I think this is one of the reasons why they are going to lose in twenty twenty. They still don't get the Trump voter. Thoughts. No, no, they don't. They, they, they fail to realize that every time they attack him, his support grows even more. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the old physics rule <clears throat> for every action. There's an equal and an opposite reaction. There almost seems to be an equal and almost greater reaction because this man has come at just the right time because we dodged a bullet. Oh, my. With her not being... Our president, we dodged a bullet. Can you imagine a president Hillary? Look, look, look at the look at the decisive action and the and the and the compare contrast with what happened in Benghazi and mm. what happened when the Baghdad embassy. Right. Uh, what they never showed up in in Benghazi, and what in thirteen minutes? I, that's what I was told. Thirteen, eighteen minutes. President Trump long, immediately said, yes. "Go, go protect our people." And we never have to this day. We have not found out what Barack Obama was doing that night Uh-oh. the Benghazi. We still haven't, but I'm looking at some you of sleep? the news reports. I'm serious. Looking at some of the news reports, and they're making fun of Trump um, having dinner during the attack. Wow. Okay. So much focused attention on what he was doing, but yet we still don't know what Barack Obama was doing yeah. during Benghazi. Have you, have you seen all the Trump rallies? Uh, my good friend I Brandon, love Brandon the Trump Harris rallies. Just, Brandon Harris from Freedom Movement USA just sent me some photos of it. Joe Patak. I hope I said. Hope I'm saying your P-tech. Your, your name. Patak. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, they did, they had one in Algonquin today. I'm looking at the pictures. It's a mass, it's, it's a pretty big crowd. They had one um, in Will County in Frankfurt. Frankfurt. I was there. You were there. I was there. Uh, um, I'm gonna try. So they, they're doing one in my home city, Joliet. So I'm gonna try to make the one in when Joliet. Is it? I I don't know. Brandon's gonna uh, oh, post awesome. when, when they're gonna do it in Joliet. I'll be there. But uh, hey, we we got let's let's take a call. We got Frank from the South Side. He says Trump did do the right thing. Frank, go ahead. Hello. Hey, Frank. Frank from the South hey, Side. Trump did the right thing. Go ahead and tell us why. Yeah, Trump did the right thing. Uh, I believe that uh, we need strong leadership in the Middle East, and uh, he 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 needed to do what he did, and he and he did. And as far as this impeachment against him, what you guys were talking about, I I agree with you a hundred percent. It's it's a farce. Yeah. Well, you know, and you know what? I think I think 2020 is going to show how much of a farce and it was. Thanks so much for joining us, Frank from the South Side. I, but 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 he's right. It's a farce, mm-hmm. and I, I can't wait to 2020 
um, gets here and and the voters show them. I don't think it's going to be a 49-once um, landslide like Reagan because I think the electorate has changed in America. I, I think we have too many regressive and progressive um, We'll see. I agree. You're listening to AM 560. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. We'll be back, David and John, in just a few. Keep it locked. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're tuned into Hour 2 of Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside guest co-host David, the man Brooks, uh, on AM560, The Answer. We've been talking about uh, Israel, we've been talking about Iran, we've been talking about Baghdad, we've been talking about General Soleimani as well. Uh, We're going to shift the the topic structure um, from the federal, national issues and news. Uh, I want to talk now more uh, what's happening here in the state of Illinois. As you know, uh, Governor Pritzker and the legislative body passed the, I think they were the first legislative body that actually pushed out uh, marijuana, the passage of marijuana um, in the uh, country. Um, so when I, when I, I've been reading all this, you know, misinformation, all these things about what's happening. As you know, I'm a huge Second Amendment guy. Um, and when I was in the General Assembly, um, I was with my ne- my, our next guest, uh, former state representative Eddie Sullivan, and we were the negotiating team on almost everything 2A. Eddie, my man, welcome to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. Representative, how are you? I am doing well, sir. Uh, I'm sure you have been fielding a lot of um, questions and, and things that are going on with the Second Amendment and, and guns. So, Eddie, what's the real deal? What's really going on with the the forums, all the forums, the federal forums, um, what will happen if... If you, if you become a, uh, a consumer of marijuana, will you lose your gun rights here in the state of Illinois? Well, to break this down, it, it certainly is complicated, and it's kind of a new um, issue that we're going to add. So I, I represent the Illinois State Raffle Association, and, and it's something that we're going to have to take a look at. Um, but what we do know is the law, and there has been some in, misinformation in the law. And so we put out a memo that I authored that talked about really two issues. What would the state police do with your FOID card? And second, what would dispensaries that capture your information do with that information? And obviously those two issues relate to your purchase, ownership, and possession of a weapon. So the first one being, um, you know, what will the state police do? They, they put out a directive basically that said that they will not, for the use of recreational marijuana, cannabis, um, legally, and that means are you lawfully using it in its intended capacity? Um, they will not do anything in regard to your FOID card. Um, the state of Illinois has said that, and uh, in, in stepping back, uh, everybody knows in the 2A community that if you purchase a weapon, you have to fill out a firearm transfer form called, um, the technical term is uh, ATF E4473. On there, you have to affirm whether you're addicted or you're an unlawful user and addicted to 
a controlled substance, uh, namely cannabis, marijuana. So in the Cannabis uh, Recreational and Tax Act, that is the official name of the act that allows recreational marijuana, and yes, the state was the first state to um, legislatively allow recreational cannabis. Um, all the others have been done by referendum. Correct. So the, in the act, it says specifically that uh, a user of cannabis is not an unlawful user. And so the idea here being um, for the legislature to direct the state police that they are going to, in essence, disregard federal law as it relates to their enforcement of the Foyd Card Act. Um, left in the law, though, is what happens if you are addicted to uh, cannabis? And so that's where the state police came out with what appears to be conflicting directives. Correct. They said, on the one hand, we will not revoke your FOID card simply for using a lawful product as directed by the General Assembly. That's the first thing. Okay. But they did say that they will if you um, get a DUI for driving under the influence of cannabis or um, if you become addicted to the substance or to the... Hey, hey Eddie, how, how can they determine if you become addicted, though? I think well, that's, that's, been... that's, that's the million-dollar question. Yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't... One thing you need to understand is this isn't new. I mean, people have been smoking marijuana for quite some time, right. and so their policies and procedures didn't change. Um, they're not all of a sudden like, oh, my God, people are smoking marijuana, so we have to come up with what we believe addicted is. Um, we have to come up with how to pull someone over for a DUI under the influence of cannabis. So these are issues they, as the state police, local police, um, county police, sheriffs, I mean, um, they've been dealing with this. And so that's not new on that end. Um, I think over the coming months, and we will be pressing for this at ISRA, what, what does that mean? And, you know, so back to your question, you know, what, what is addicted? Well, I, <laughs> we've never really had to kind of think about it because it was always just assumed that just the mere use right. was going to, you know, cause you a problem. Well, now the mere use does not cause you a problem as long as you're doing it legally. And now we need to know what is that legal bounds? What is addicted? Um, you know, as we know, if you are, um, convicted of driving under the influence of alcohol, you do not lose your FOID card. Correct. You do not have severe problems. And so, you know, should the General Assembly address this? Because, you know, the push for marijuana was one that said, okay, well, there's less consequences with marijuana than alcohol. Right. Uh, and so there should, you know, so from our end of the 2A community, well, then should there be parity? Um, should we have, uh, to, should the General Assembly revisit whether that is an issue for someone that is uh, convicted as a DUI under the influence of cannabis versus alcohol, or should there be parity? And I think there is um, a new task force working on DUI laws uh, going forward, and so I would assume that's something that would take place. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with former Illinois Representative Eddie Sullivan and lobbyist for the Illinois State Rifle Association. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Eddie, I have a question for you, sir, and you are, you are dancing all over this, and um, this is where I think the rub is. The rub appears to be habitual, the word habitual versus addicted. I mean, the feds on their form, the firearms transaction record, um, they use the word addicted, um, but the ISP says habitual or addicted. 
where do you think this is going to go? Because I think we've got uh, we've got the state level and we've got the feds, and it feels like there's a there's a pull, and I think there's a lot of people that want to know where this is going right. to go. Right. Well, you know, uh, I think ultimately people are going to have to make a determination for themselves, like people have been doing since the beginning of time or the beginning of when we've had laws that regulate guns in or the purchase and possession of guns in Illinois. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say that when 70% or 65% of uh, Illinoisans believe that marijuana should be legal, that they hadn't already been using it. Correct. And so if they had already been using it, then I'm assuming there's people that have used it that have decided to not follow federal law when they've um, filled out the ATF um, 4473. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to give advice right. one way or the other what people should do on that. We know that state law, so states' rights, says you are not an unlawful user. Federal law actually gives a warning within the, um, uh, the 4473 that says it doesn't matter whether you have medical or recreational marijuana. If you're using this, you are uh, you're an unlawful user. So, you know, people are going to have to make that determination um, on their own, what they're comfortable with. Uh, clearly, federal law is straightforward. It cannot be any clearer what federal law says. But with our there is obviously yeah. But with our current makeup here in Illinois, with the de- Democrats controlling everything, um, sure, the people trying to decide and make that determination. I think we all know which way this is going to go. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> well, you know, you know, the, the assumption would be that because it's Democrat controlled, that they're going to be. Um, they're going to um, side against those that would purchase a weapon um, because they are anti-gun. We all know this. Um, There's a handful of folks in the General Assembly that are on the Democrat side that are um, friendly to gun rights. Especially the downstaters, Um, Eddie. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Well, they're they're becoming a dying breed, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, whichever one, you know, know, from my (laughs) perspective, um, you know, ISRA, we want pro-gun legislators. Yeah, whether Republican or Democrat, well, we are you know nonpartisan in that standpoint. Um, listen, we both know Kelly Cassidy, Representative Kelly Cassidy, yeah. the main sponsor in the House. Yeah, we've had long discussions about this, and and she has said, you know, if it was my job to go after, um, and she is, and for those in the audience, um, she is not known as a friendly gun person right. <laughs> by any means. Um, but she's, she's also reasonable said, sometimes. You know, if yeah, no, she is. She, she you got is, two seconds. Eddie. She's a very intelligent. Oh, she's very intelligent. She has said, I, the top of my list of grabbing guns is not from cannabis users, and so I think we'll be fine. We, yeah. we we're going to have um, a group that doesn't want to um, have problems. All right, with this new you're listening to Rebel. former state representative Eddie Sullivan. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to AM five sixty The Answer, John Anthony and David. And now more of Black and Right. On AM 560, here are your hosts, John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside my guest co-host today, David Brooks, on AM 560 The Answer. Uh, We've been talking about the Illinois um, marijuana bill and the Second Amendment um, and how it will affect a lot of the people who are FOI holders and CCL holders. Um, One of the things... um, I was glad to hear that uh, Representative Eddie Sullivan talked about was that uh, there's a task force to deal with the DUI aspect because 
uh, as Hoff Daddy, he had a very good question. What, what, what would be that criteria to develop who's DUI? Um, I know we had a, a, a test, uh, the horizontal uh, nystagmus test that we were taught in the police academy. As you know, I'm a former cop. Right. Um, but as soon as I heard about this bill and I saw all the misinformation, I wanted to contact somebody that I know is going to give it to us, raw, real. Uh, he's a former lobbyist for the NRA. He now is uh, has his own place, uh, the Federal Firearms Licensees of Illinois. Uh, he's, he's one of the, the, the sharpest minds, legal minds, when it comes to anything 2A related. Uh, my buddy, my, uh, Todd Vandermeyer. Hey, Todd, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, we're good. Great. So, Todd, I don't know if you were listening to Eddie Sullivan. We had Eddie on, former Representative Eddie Sullivan on, talking about the gun bill. Uh, Todd, there's so much misinformation that's going on about the guns. Will a person lose their right to carry? Will they lose their? Will they be revoked, void, or CCL if they become consumers of, of marijuana? Well, that's a twofold question because the void card and the carry license are issued by the state. Correct. However, under federal law, it is illegal for a person who consumes marijuana to be in possession of a firearm. So the question is, what are the feds going to do about it? You have growing states passing recreational use or decriminalizing marijuana, and the federal law still treats marijuana as a Schedule One drug. Right. And so under federal law, so the problem with this, you know, states' rights approach is that when you go buy a gun from a gun store, you have to fill out a 4473. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on that form, it asks you, are you an illegal user of a controlled substance, and then they have a special disclaimer in there that says, even if your state has legalized medical marijuana or recreational, it is still illegal under federal law. So So, the problem is, you now have to make a decision if you're using marijuana recreationally, if you're going to lie on that federal form. And if you lie on that federal form, it's no different than lying about being a convicted felon or anything else. Now, the state is not collecting that information and turning it over to the Department of Justice. Okay. So the question, so, so that, you know, and I've seen some of the anti-gun legislators, when I bring this up, give me a wink and a nod. Well, you're just going to have to decide if you really think that's a crime. I was like, wait a minute. It is. Federal government treats this the same as being convicted of domestic battery, being a convicted felon, being dishonorably discharged. To them, there is no difference. Right. Now, how much effort are they going to put into it? But, what this really does is this blows a hole in the whole argument about background checks yep. and gun control. I saw that comment because, you made. Because what it is is that they're saying they're kind of looking the other way on recreational marijuana like it's no big thing. But to the federal government, it's no different than the other categories I, I announced. Right. However, what's funny here is they're – you know, if they were true about background checks for everybody, then they would be collecting this information, they would be forwarding it on to the Department of Justice, and they would be revoking void cards and carry licenses. I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying that if the anti-gunners were going to be true to their core beliefs, that's what they would be doing because they just created the largest yes. prohibited class of individuals wow. in the state. Wow. And they're not doing it which to me shows that the whole fix the Floyd thing that Kathleen Willis put out there, the whole we need background checks for everything, is an out-and-out like sham. Wow. Because under federal law, you're prohibited from possession. There was a letter issued by ATF back around 2011 
and they have not rescinded that. So until the Department of Justice and or Congress changes the law about what marijuana is classified as, under federal law, it's a prohibitor. Which is probably coming. I don't want to see anybody get... I don't want to see anybody get tripped up on this, but that's what it is. Right. Todd, so Floyd is unique to Illinois, as we know. But several other states, they do have these what's called permission slips similar to the Floyd. Uh, have you looked uh, at any prosecutions or revocations of gun rights in any of those other states whom have legalized marijuana? No, I haven't. Okay. I, the problem is that most of those, like the the FID card in New Jersey. It, the funny thing is that all the places that have these kind of cards are left-leaning states. True. And they're, they're all about gun control, except when it comes to, you know, it seems like the whole movement of the left to decriminalize marijuana is turning a blind eye when it comes to guns right now. Now, is this some, you know, Venus flytrap that they're going to sit there and spring on people later on? Or, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Congress needs to step in and put a resolution to this one way or the other. But, you know, it's it's a mess. It, it sounds no like easy it. way to say it. No, I hear you. And and but I, I think that the understated part of this whole thing is that it just absolutely blows a hole in the gun control argument, because it's like, you know, you can't be a little bit pregnant. It's, <laughs> right. It, it, it's either you're in or you're out. If if Kathleen Lewis is all about fix the Floyd and we need fingerprints, let me see. You want to collect fingerprints from people who have no other criminal background, who are not prohibited individuals, right. for your fix the Floyd bill. Right. But now that you've created this group of prohibited individuals, you don't want to forward that information to the Department of Justice and gotcha. make sure that they can't buy a, a firearm through the background check. Gotcha. How do you square those two things up? I hear you. Eddie, great point. I'm sorry, Todd, great point. I asked Eddie this question. I'd like to ask this to you, too. And this is going back to that question. that's um, on the firearms transaction record. If the applicant doesn't feel like they're addicted, I mean, can't they answer that? Um, I mean, it just seems like the rub is the definition of addicted. And the definition well, of habitual. An old, an old lobbyist once told me, "You write the law, let me write the definitions, and I'll <laughs> win every time." So, it, wh- whether or not you agree with what your definition of addicted is, still falls down to what the federal definition is. Now, the state has said that under the state's eyes, you are not an illegal user. And that's fine as far as state law comes, but Illinois can't trump federal law. There's a supremacy clause. They, they, the, the state legislature cannot rewrite the Gun Control Act of 1968, no matter how much they, they right. try. Well, Eddie, uh, I'm sorry, I keep calling you Eddie. Todd, um, Illinois has trumped federal law as far as being a sanctuary state, sanctuary city. What, um, I mean, is this... Cause well, we got some... know, that's the other funny part of the 2A movement right now, Right, is that here you are... That they want to have sanctuary cities for illegal immigrants, and yet when you know we talk about having sanctuary uh, counties, towns, whatever for guns, correct? My guns aren't illegal; they're just undocumented. Uh, <laughs> I that, like that. I like that. That, that. that now all of a sudden, Kathleen Willis drops a resolution into the hopper to calling people scoff laws and everything else. Oh my god. 
So, Todd, 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 what are your thoughts on what's going on in Virginia? Uh, you, you got 30 seconds to answer it. What's, what is going on in Virginia, and why are people allowing this to happen? Well, first off, the Democrats are overreached like they always do. And the second thing is they, they have, you know, it's the uh, silent majority that Ronald Reagan talked about that they have awoken. The question is, what are the sheriffs and the prosecutors going to do? Um, because... If they don't enforce the law, if they say we're not charging, we're not prosecuting, we're right. not arresting, the governor can't do much about that because if he honestly thinks that he's going to call out the National Guard, um, I think he's, he's going to be in for a rude awakening. So, so, Todd, what is Federal Firearms Licenses of Illinois? Talk to us about it. Do you have a website? Is there, is, is, can people like uh, you get your services? We, we, have, we, have a small, we have a small website. We have a Facebook page, FFL Illinois is an organization of gun dealers, manufacturers, distributors. It's uh, for the guys that are inside the industry, and we were formed to combat the gun dealer law. Obviously, it passed uh, and was signed into law by Governor Pritzker, and now we're working through the rules process, and we're trying to make the rules as livable as possible. The original draft of rules just make the whole law designed to run more gun dealers out of business. And today, we've seen a 50% reduction in the number of FFLs in the state. Nice. And if you need anything done to your gun, you need it. Uh, Todd Vandermeyer is the best. He's done anything that I've had him do as far as my gun. Todd, thanks so much for joining us. It was very informative. Um, Thanks for joining us on Black and Right. Hey, we're taking a break. All right, guys. Thank you. Hey, we're taking a break. And while we do, hit the Black and Right and Facebook page and give us a like and tell us what you think of the show. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. You've dialed up Black and Right with me, John Anthony, and my guest co-host today, David Brooks on AM560, The Answer. I hey, John. That, I those, thought that... Those uh, two guys were excellent. Yeah, Todd was... Todd, Todd and, Eddie. and Eddie were yeah. excellent. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie was a little long-winded today. Right. <laughs> I'm shocked. He's normally not long-winded. He's always quick and precise. Uh, wrong. But, yeah, wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a Trump um, thing there. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, we got a couple of callers. Let's go with um, Jim from South Elgin first, and then we'll take Brandon after that. Jim, go ahead. Hey, gents. Happy New Year. Thanks so much Happy for calling the Black and Right. Hope you guys uh, have a lot of prosperity, a lot of money, and... Uh, Good help for this Ooh, year like and him. for the uh, next several years to come. That got you. Let's do it. Anyways, um, you know, I was reading someplace. I thought there was some uh, lawsuit or some sort of activity legally to make the Floyd card system illegal in Illinois, and I thought it was somewhere in the court system. Yeah, it is. I'm not sure where it stands. It is, but I, I think I think when you uh, it's Illinois and it's revenue. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we had the Floyd card. And, and when you look at the CCL, the cost and the price. I think it's that's going to be something that's I think it's going to be hard to invalidate uh, because once again it's a part of revenue that goes somewhere in ISP. Uh, I don't know if you read about the story about uh, money that was shifted from ISP from the CCL into uh, different accounts in the state. So being it revenue in the in the Illinois, I believe it's still in the Illinois court system. It hasn't reached the U.S. Supreme Court yet, has it? That I don't know. Yeah, and and I think uh, with um, Speaker Madigan's long tentacles. I don't see that happening. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I can't imagine them shifting money in Illinois from one place to another. It's hard to say. It reminds me of the lottery. Good point, my man. The education was 30 years ago. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Gems, thank you so much for your calling in. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, that Brandon. Let's go to Brandon. 
Hey, what's going on today, John? Hey, what's going on, buddy? I saw the pictures. Oh, my God. How many people were out there? We had about 500 this time. Uh, the last one we did in Frankfurt was about 700. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 Brandon, Brandon's joining us. He's from uh, uh, Freedom Movement USA. He was out on the Trump uh, rally that was going out. It, was that Algonquin? This, was that the city of Algonquin? Uh, that was off um, in the city of Algonquin on Randall Road. Uh, we had roughly 500 people out, candidates from Mr. Silkhorn to every one of our uh, bigger candidates. I actually shot an interview while we were out there with Catalina, who came out. A wonderful event. Oh, wow. Now, you're doing one in Joliet, too. When is that? Now, you know I live in Joliet, so I, I want to know where this one's going to be, what day, what time. The Joliet one is coming up next Saturday. It's uh, 10 to noon on the 11th. We're actually taking um, us and about 150 kids heading to D.C. Tuesday, so we'll be coming back from D.C. and getting off the bus to jump into that rally. Now, where's it going to be in Joliet? Uh, Larkin and Jefferson Street. Oh, that's, 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 not, that's about 15, 20 minutes from Big intersection, yep. What, well, Brandon? I mean, I'm, well, how was the excitement? Did you guys? Did you have any um, anybody on the, from the other side show up to, to to you know rag you guys? We had about four of them, so we were really proud. There was four guys. We actually sent some uh, of our rally guys over there to make them feel you know better. We made it the bipartisan corner, and uh, we <laughs> kind of helped them out a bit because they showed up with four signs. We walked over there with our Trump gear and stood with them for a little bit, and uh, they kind of scurried out. But we are expecting there's uh, Lisa Morales out of Joliet passing the anti-Trump rally for Joliet. So we're expecting a oh, large nice. opposition here in Joliet. That should be awesome. Hey, Brandon, right. Freedom Movement USA, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. Wow. Bye. That's pretty good. I, I really don't think people really understand this groundswell that's happening for the president right now. Uh, I think it's going to be something that's, that's going to be just amazing. What, president, what surprised me. Mm-hmm were the number of car horns that people were blowing as they were going through the intersection in Frankfurt. I was there a few weeks ago. Yeah, Frankfurt I'm okay with. But, yeah. I mean, I want to see what it's like. It's going to be like the numbers and, and, and that, if that's happening in Joliet. Mm-hmm. Joliet's more of a blue-collar. Okay. You know, um, especially be, where you're, high, high, you're holding it at. Jefferson uh, and Larkin, that's Jefferson a big Larkin, intersection. That's, that's, that's a big damn stronghold over there. I'll be there. <laughs> you ten, know, 10 to 12, I'll be there. Um, did you see what happened with that Texas shooter? Shooting. I did. That was when I first saw that. It, it shocked me because I had the audio on as well, and you can hear the screams. It's just, uh, it, it was stunning. You know, I, I when I listened to the interview of, I think his name was Jack Wilson. Right. Um, he was. I mean, he. I was so impressed. Just, I mean, he was a one shot hitter. Uh, we call that in law enforcement DRT. He was dead right there. DRT. Uh, I mean, he he dropped him with one shot. But I want to play a clip of something he said that I think. That every gun owner, I think that's what's, what's, what's really happening in America. This guy lays it out perfectly in my, in my um, estimation. I took out some evil. And that's the way I'm, again, I'm, that's the way I'm processing it. Is I took out someone that was evil and had evil intent. Love that. I took out some evil. Love that. I think that's exactly what he did. I think that's what's happening with all of these so-called mass shooters. I think that's what's happening with these mass shooters that are shooting all these people in the city of Chicago on sometimes a daily basis, sometimes definitely a weekly basis. Uh, these mothers and fathers are out there losing their kids. Mm. You know why? Because these, these evil people, call it what it is, they're evil. It's evil. Right? I totally agree with you 100%. And we, and we have to do something about that. Mm. I, think, I think when we come back, I want to quickly play the clip from a young lady, and I think every person needs to hear what, what, what she actually had to say. 
You're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. I'm John Anthony. You can follow me on Twitter at JAnthonySpeaks and Facebook at JAnthonySpeaks. Interact with us. Tell us what you think of the show or what you want us to talk about. You know, we'll be right back. And I'm really excited because you're going to be leading this segment on the new Illinois law on taxes. Oh, you're giving me taxes. See how you do me? We'll be right with you, Valon. See how you do me? Back to Black and Right with John Anthony and Charles Love on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm John Anthony. He's David Brooks. You're listening to right. on AM560 The Answer. Hey, David, I don't know. Um, your name is David, right? It is David. Um, Hoff Daddy, his name is David, correct? Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> your name is David. It hey, is uh, David. But before we go back into to talking about um, the Texas shooting, uh, Verlon's been, you know, Verlon from the South Side. You know who he is. I'm sure you've heard him call into the show. I have. He's been sitting and waiting for a very long time. Verlon, quickly, hey, what do you have for us? How's it going? <laughs> how's it going, John? Hey, I'm I doing just well. want to say, I just want to say, great guest and great show. I don't want to give you a song and dance today. I just got two statements: one right. about our president, and, and one about marijuana. When it comes to our president, now listen, I've I've been uh, nationally, you know, on record on radio shows saying that I'm not for war. I'm not for our young people going to over there and, 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 and dying unnecessarily. But I'm going to tell you something. When 603 Americans died, or service members and Americans died because of this terrorist, Trump, yeah. our president, is justified for doing what he's doing. And even Democrats and uh, Republicans, even though Democrats had this little beef about you should have talked to us right. first, they are in agreement that he's, just, he's justified for doing what he's doing. All right, next point. And then, uh, so, uh, and, and the next point is marijuana. I hate the fact that this state is making our citizens legal drug dealers and legal drug users. And I just, I can't come to grips with that fact. And that's all I got to say. You know, it's, it's, it's simple. And, oh, I got one last thing Look to say. Look at him. See, I the do federal, it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the federal government does not have enough federal officers to stop the states from legalizing it. And Congress is pushing a bill to federally legalize being drug pushers and drug users. There he is, the one and only. The one and only, Verlon from the South Side. Is he a Thanks so much for joining us. Is he a conservative? Oh, heck yeah. Can you right. can't tell? Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. Hey, but, but really quickly, I want to set this back up with this shooter. We'll, we'll, we'll move right along, then you can, David, David, as his name is David, David, David Brooks. Then you can go into the discussing about the new taxes and the new laws. Giving me but taxes. This, this shooter, I, I, I love what he said. And I think I think it needs to burn in the in the mind of people who are listening to the show. And this is something that should be played across America. I took out some evil, and that's the way I'm. Again, I'm, that's the way I'm processing it. Is I took out someone that was evil, and had evil intent. And mm. when you when you hear that, now listen to the next the next clip that I'm going to play, because I think the reason why good men with guns take out evil is because of. The next clip that I'm going to play, listen. He could have shot more people. Thank God that our church was proactive and and did all that and put that in place because it could have been worse. It could have been worse. A lot worse. That's why good guys with guns take out evil people with evil intentions. Mm. I'm so glad. I mean, do you see how many people pulled out their guns? Absolutely. Yeah, about (laughs) four or five guys that came. There was a lot of... 
non the, the muzzle discipline was all over the place. I think I think when CCL instructors that you guys you CCL instructors need to teach that part too. So, but I, I thought that was very important that I, I had to make sure that that got out on the show today that this man took out evil. Well, I'm glad that you did because the mainstream media is not putting it out that way. They're not. They're trying so, to spin it. So, David, talk to me. What's going on in Illinois with the New laws, taxes, and any and all thing Illinois. Well, this has been such a positive show. I'm going to get you for giving me downer? This, the downer. But uh, there are actually, I'm actually in a good mood because there are, there are two good laws okay. that I want to launch into before we get into Go all the, the rest. Um, the first one deals with AI and its use in interviewing. I'm scared of AI. I know, me too. But... If a job interview, if you're having a job interview, the, the employer is now required to ask and get your consent that they are going to be using AI techniques oh. during the, the video. So getting your emotions and all that. Correct. Your okay. emotions, your eye contact, your word choice. Uh-huh. And I think that's a good thing. Okay. So that's, that's a law. I mean, the, the small L libertarian in me is screaming, but that, that's a good law. The second good law is the statute of limitation on serious sexual crimes is over. It was 10 years. That's been done away with. Okay. There is no statute of limitations for sexual, serious sexual crimes. Correct. And I think that's a great thing. Okay. And, and this stemmed from former Speaker of the House, Denny Hastert's case, correct? I believe so, yes. yes. Okay. Correct. All right. All right. Now, I, I feel like you're going to be the real Debbie Downer now. Well, so here we go. I mean, that, okay. that, that was a good. Okay. All right. We also have the, the bad and the ugly. Okay. And then I have one that I'm not so sure about. But, you know, we've already been... We've already started down the road of the gas tax. That's doubled. Um, cigarette tax, $1 per pack. Those both kicked in last July. The, um, all right, here we go. Bad law, in my opinion. Okay. Every public building now has to have, that has a public restroom, has to have a changing table in each restroom, men and women. Now, I'm a, I'm a small government. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a free market guy. No. no. I don't think the government needs to be getting into the business of running a business. If you've got a pizza joint, two pizza joints, and one company wants to put in changing tables, let the market decide. If it's a government building, fine. Go, next. Let the market decide. Next. All right, next one. Um, Smoking while a child is in the car will be illegal. Yeah, no. You think that's a good law? No, no. Again, I think for the sake of the child, it's a great law. But anytime you try to legislate behavior, I'm not so for it. Oh boy, I'm here. I'm there with you there, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting time. I think I think you missed the one that, that's most important to me. What's that? The vehicle registration goes going up to $151. Oh, from, I've got that. Oh, we're gonna get there. Oh my god. Okay. You're listening to Black and Right <laughs> live on AM560 the answer. Uh, if you miss any of our shows, go to 560theanswer.com and check out all of our past ap- episodes. We're while you're at it, like the Black and Right Facebook page and interact with us all week long. We'll be right back. David and John, AM560. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Alongside with me today is David Brooks. David, I, I really think you've done a good job today. 
Um, I appreciate that. How fast did it go? It went really fast. No, Charles, (laughs) I talked to Charles Love, and he said it's going to blow by. It does. Yeah, and you were so right. So you you, you wanted to continue um, briefly. Briefly. 10 seconds. 10 seconds. 15 seconds, 10 seconds. All right. Car registration from 98 to 148, that went up. If you own a truck from 120 to 210, this is your annual cost to renew. And then, unfortunately, people who have electric cars, they were paying seventeen fifty to register their vehicle. It's gone up to $248. Oh, my goodness. I could add a little bit of something to that, too. Both my car and my wife's car renew in January, and right. they would not let us do it early and paid last year's <sighs> fee. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's incredible. Um, they, oh, they, and, these are fees. Fees are taxes. I don't care what anybody says. They are. Fees are taxes. They are. And uh, the, the one that really gets my goat is the trade-in tax, because you pay sales tax when you buy your car, and now the state of Illinois is going to make you pay a sales another tax when you trade in your car. If your yeah. value is above $10,000, every dollar above that, you're going to pay taxes on that as well. Think about this for At a minute. Right. Think about this for a minute. Think about this for a minute. I believe the Democrats in the House had 74 votes, right? I believe the Senate has 39, 40-something votes, right? Mm-hmm. Why was there one Republican on any of those bills that voted to raise Taxes. Call them fees. Taxes. Why, when you could have had a, a great message to run against this tax and spend regressive progressives uh, here in the state of Illinois mm-hmm. as a party that's wanting to win? Why put one vote on that? Horse trading, John, I don't know. Oh, you, I know. You've been, I know you've been in the halls of Springfield. You know how it works. I don't get it. I don't get it. David... If we, if we ever really want to get back Illinois, it's going to take a lot of hard work. And I don't, I don't, I, I just don't see. I think I see. I think when you look at what's happening with these Trump rallies, you should have Republican leaders out there gathering these people mm. to say, "Hey, let's have a meeting. Let's have a regular meeting." Republicans, not just Democrats. I mean, not just um, uh, 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 Trump supporters. Right. Because I still think the Republicans are not capturing what's happening with this groundswell of, of support for Trump. Because you know why? These people are for Trump. They're not for the Republican Party. You have a lot of Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Libertarians who are all voting for Trump in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that Republicans are not doing enough. And I think, too, there's a small strain. There are some Republicans that are just still trying to distance themselves from President Trump. I don't know why. Cowards. I don't know. Cowards. Cowards. I'm going to call it's, it what it is. Fake, 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 fake. <laughs> fake, fake. Love it. Wrong. What happened to the wrong? Come on. Wrong. There we go. I wrong. like that. That's the best one I like. Wrong. You know, um, David, thanks so much for joining me today. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. It's been incredible. It's been absolutely incredible. Thank you, John. It's really been a blast. Uh, I want to talk you. to our listeners real quick. Uh, I got some friends who came up with a song. It's called River. The, the, the group is called River Road Trio. The name of the song is called Freedom of Love. Go on YouTube, uh, put in River Road Trio, look up the song Freedom of Love. It's a great song that, that, that's all about um, service, service and it's, they, she speaks, um, the group speaks to, she's a good friend of ours, Janelle, my wife and ours, Janelle Carter. The song speaks about um, service with police, fire, military. Uh, I think it's, it's a great song for what we're headed to in this year. Uh, we're going to have to protect our police. We're going to protect our first responders uh, we got to make sure that we're protecting them. And uh, I, I just don't think we're doing enough for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, being someone who's a former f- uh, first responder, uh, I think when you, you also look around the world, freedom is yearning to burst free. They're yearning to be free. 
Look at what happened in Iraq. They were applauding that. So, all Amen. right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Black and Right on AM Five Sixty The Answer. I want to thank my guest, co-host for the week, David Brooks. You can follow him on Facebook. That's Facebook. Come on. All right. That's it. I also want to thank our guests, Eddie, Shalom Klein, uh, Todd Vandermeij. Uh, make sure you follow us on Black and Right on social media. Um, and you can also follow me on social media at J. Anthony Speaks, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next week.